Now, um, generally speaking, Zerubbabel is known as the builder of the second base Hamikdash. Nehemiah is known as the person who fortifies the city of Yerushalayim. And the question is if they're the same person or, a dif or they're different people. Now, just general, before we get to actually Sukkim and Midrashim, just general information. Zerubbabel is the builder of the second base Hamikdash. He arrives in Eretz Yisrael in the first year of King Kadesh. He, together with Yeshua Kayingado, lead this aliyah of 42,360 people. Somebody asked me last week who that counts, who it doesn't. It counts men, women, and children. It doesn't count slaves. And we're soon going to give exact numbers of everyone. Okay. Nehemiah is mentioned as one of the Jewish leaders who arrives with Zerubbabel. From the simple Pasuk, it sounds like Nehemiah is a different person. He comes with Zerubbabel. It seems that Zerubbabel and Nehemiah are two different people. Nehemiah, it seems, came with the first group, and then he returned to Shushan, because later he returns as an officer of the Persian King Arsachshasta. He comes again in the 20th year of King Arsachshasta. He then becomes the leader of the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael and fortifies the city of Yerushalayim. So simply speaking, Nehemiah and Zerubbabel seem to be two different people. Nehemiah arrives with Zerubbabel under him, and later Nehemiah arrives the second time with authority from the Persian King Arsach Shasta, who is also known as Kadesh and their Yavash Hasheni, with full authority. Just to look at the Psukim in Ezra Perek Beis, it says, The Jews who came back from Golis, and they came back to Yerushalayim and Yehuda. And then we go on to say, those who came with Zerubbabel, and we have Yeshua as Yeshua who we learned about last week, the one who was saved multiple times from burning fires. And then his second man is Yeshua, is Nehemiah. It sounds like Nehemiah is a different person. And we have Sroya, Ralia, Mordechai Bilshan, who's the Mordechai of the Purim story, Mispar Bigvai, Rechum, Bano, Mispar Anshay Amisong, and a lot of other Jewish people. So this is the leadership. And simply speaking, Nehemiah sounds like he is one of the leaders coming with Rubavel. And he sounds like he's a separate person. Just on the numbers which we touched on last week, all the people together who arrived were four times 10,000, 2,360. So the total number of Jews who arrived with Zerubbabel and Yeshua Kayyengadol. Did you say he went to the doctor today? He went to where? Again? I didn't hear what you asked. I think you need to mute everybody, Rabbi. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, it's nearly the end now, hey? Just what? Okay. So as we were saying, all together, there were 42,360 people that arrived. Now, again, though, going on now, who is counted and who is not? So we are counting men, women, and children but we're not counting slaves and maids. Eila, how many slaves and maids arrived? 
3,337. There were 200 musicians. Now, these musicians seemingly were not Jewish, and they just came along to make sure that it'd be Lebedic. You know, they hired a musical band, a non-Jewish musical band of 200 people to give lots of Lebedekite as they traveled. Now, Zrubavel, Nehemia, if assuming there are, they're not the same person we're still going to discuss, has also called Hatir Shasa. Why is he called Hatir Shasa? He has special permission to drink non-Jewish wine. Generally, there's a prohibition for a Jew to drink non-Jewish wine. Nehemia, also known as Hatir Shasa, has a special permission to... Has... Sorry. Nehemia, known as Hatir Shasa, has special permission to drink non-Jewish wine because he's the butler of the king, and the king requires that the butler tastes all wine to avoid poisoning. Uh, this story is found in the Tanakh in Ezra, that from the Kayanim, there were families of Chavia, Hakait, Barzillai, who has questioned, there were questions on their status of Kayanim. They were looking for evidence of their Kayan status. They couldn't find it. They were excluded from Kahuna. And in Pasuk Samach Dalet, Vayoymer HaTirshosa tells them that they cannot eat from the Kodesh Kadoshim till we have the Kayan from the Urim Betumim, which will be at the time of Mashiach. Rashi well, says that me, what, the, what, does, what does Tir Shasa actually mean? Heter Shasa. He has permission to drink. Heter, you know what a heter is from the word mutter? Yes, yes. And Shasa, drinking non-Jewish wine. Normally, a Jew should not drink wine that was used by a non-Jews, especially not from a non-Jew who's an idol worshiper. Now, Nehemiah has a special permission <clears throat> to use the wine of a non-Jew, even though, just to mention, it's not so simple because the king is really not a non-Jew, because this king whose wine bearer he was, was actually a son of Queen Esther. So he's not really a guy, he's actually halachically Jewish. But as we're soon gonna see that he acted quite goyish and uh, he still, and there were other goyim there and therefore he didn't, we shouldn't be drinking the wine, but he had a special heter because as the king's minister, he was required to drink the wine to avoid poisoning. As Rashi says, Hatir Shasa hu Nechemya ben Chachalia. The Omru Rabbi Seinu and our rabbi say, Shanikra Shmei Hatir Shasa. Why is he called Hatir Shasa? Shehitiru loy Chachomim Lishkois Yayin Nesach Shalakum. The rabbis permitted him to drink non Jewish wine because he was the cupbearer. And again, as mentioned, there's a Rashi elsewhere, Rashi in Gemara that says, Hatir Shosai is made up of two words, Hatir Shosai, permission to drink non-Jewish wine. I don't know of anyone else in Tanakh who's given that permission, but I would assume if somebody else would have a similar position and they would need to do it for their job because of safety, it would probably be permissible as well. Now, still on the Gemara in Sanhedrin tells an amazing, miraculous story of his birth and says that Nehemiah and Zerubbabel are the same person. Just to mention, first we'll quote this from the Gemara in Sanhedrin, 
then we'll soon have a medrash rabba that brings this story in much greater detail. But the Gemara Sanhedrin brings it in short, but it's the Gemara Sanhedrin is the first place where it's suggested that Nehemiah and Zerubbabel are the same person. Again, for those who came late, Zerubbabel is the builder of the second base Hamikdash. Nehemiah is the one who fortifies the walls of the city of Yerushalayim totally at his own expense. He worked for the Jewish people for many years and didn't take any wages and didn't take any expenses. Everything he paid on his own. But back to Zerubbabel's birth, who could and could not be Nehemiah, according to the Gemara in Sanhedrin, according to Rashi that we'll soon see, he is the same person as uh, Zerubbabel and Nehemiah. Rabbi Yechanan Amar, Golos Mechaperas Alakayol. Rabbi Yechanan says that Golos is atonement, exile. As it says, Koyomar Hashem, it's about King Yechonya. It says, Kisvu Esaish Azeh Adiri. Write this man off that he should be Adiri. He'll never have children. Gever Loyitzlach Miyomov. He will never have any success. Ki Loyitzlach Mizaroi Ish Yoishev Al Kisay David. There will never be a man from his descendants sitting on the throne of David. They will never rule the Jewish people. Now, the amazing thing is this Yechonya, who gets this terrible curse, is a, according to the Gemara, is a father, or maybe others say a grandfather, but he is a father of this Zerubbabel, who becomes the builder of the second base Hamikdash. So there's a very big curse and oath put against Nehemiah, and somehow he gets forgiven. And that is because he was in exile. As mentioned, Nehemiah was put in jail for many, many years. If I remember correctly, he was in jail for some 37 years. And because of King Nebuchadnezzar, it's known that he never let anybody out of jail. He didn't get out of jail until King Nebuchadnezzar died. There is a famous medrash in the end of Vayeshev, who has a medrash rabbah, who has a whole lot of things who would have ever believed. And one of the things that medrash rabbah says, who would have ever believed that that Yechonyah, who's sitting, Yechonyah, by the way, is mentioned in Megillah, that Mordechai was exiled with the exile of Yechonyah. Who would have ever believed that Yechonyah is going to get out of jail and something will come of his family? But after it was exiled, it says, B'nai Yechonyah, Asir B'nai, Shaltio B'nai, and um, Zerubbabel. Now, there are those who we could learn the Chumash, that Asir, Shaltio, and Zerubbabel are three different people. I know Alexei just asked me about, we use the same name for multiple people. According to the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Asir, Shaltiel, and Zerubbabel are all the same person, the son of Yechonyah. He's called Asir, his mother became pregnant in the jail. She was arranged, special arrangement to get her into the jail cell of her husband, and there she became pregnant. Shaltiel, Shashosli, Kale, Hashem planted him in her womb, and not in a normal way that a woman becomes pregnant. Why? Because it was a teeny prison cell. Gemiri, we have a rule, a woman does not become pregnant if she's, lay, if she's standing. To become pregnant, you have to both be lying, you have to lie down. And Yechonya's wife, Mrs. Yechonya, she became pregnant standing. There wasn't enough room in the prison cell to lie down. And Dover Acher, another thing she's called, Shaltiel, there's three names, Asir, Shaltiel, and Zerubbabel, called Shaltiel, Shenishal, 
God asked for Hataras Nadarim. God made a vow that Yechanya will not have any children. And God, you know, the halach is if you make a vow that's hard to keep, you can go to the Bezdin and do Hataras Nadarim. We do Hataras Nadarim before Rosh Hashanah. And Hashem did Hataras Nadarim that he had made a vow that Yechanya shouldn't have any children. But as Yechanya did Teshuvah in the prison cell, which we will soon learn a medrash of much greater details on his teshuva. Hashem um, asked permission of the Bezdin to have his oath removed. He's called Zerubavil. Why? He was born in a Babylonian cell. And here is the Gemara, which I mentioned. What is his real name? His real name. So all these names, Asir, Shaltiel, Zerubbabel are all for things about him. And his real name is Nehemia ben Chachalia. His real name is Nehemia ben Chachalia, which is also interesting that his father's name is Yechonia and we're calling him ben Chachalia. Okay. Um, right now, we're not giving the rest of the details. We're going to have a medrash, which we're going to quote, that says that the first time that the Chachamim arranged for Yechonia's wife, to get into the prison cell, and they arranged it through the Babylonian queen, the, the wife of King Nebuchadnezzar. She became Nido, and she had a blood stain. And she asked, and her, her husband decided they wouldn't touch each other. And the first time that the sages arranged for her to be brought into the prison cell, she and Yechonia did not touch each other. And this made a very big impact on Hashem. Hashem said, now, when you guys were in Yerushalayim, you never kept the laws of family purity. And now in a Babylonian prison cell, you're doing teshuva. And this teshuva removed all the decrees against Yechonia and his wife. Now, so far, we have the Gemara in Sanhedrin who says that Zerubbabel and um, Nehemiah are the same person. Rashi and Nach also brings that they're the same person. We have this in Zechariah, Perakimu, Pasichas where this is the Haftoyah that we read last week, where Hashem and Zechariah says, Ki avdi tzemach. I am bringing my servant Semach. He says, Ki pachas Yehuda. Zerubavil, who was the governor of Yehuda, he's caught in Bechatzar Right now, he's a very little guy. The first time Zerubavil was given permission to build the base HaMikdash, he was a very small, and he, he was given permission and was tracked. He wasn't treated very well. And I am going to give him greatness. I'm going to give him favor in the eyes of the king. To fulfill his request. So initially, even after the first time Zerubbabel was given permission to build the base Hamikdash, the permission was withdrawn and held back for 18 years, but then he was given permission. And as we learned last week, that the, when the permission was given, it became seven times as big as the first plan, as it was in the beginning. The story of Nehemiah ben Chachaliah. So again, Rashi tells us that Nehemiah, similar to the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Rashi on the book of Zechariah says, Shahu that he is Nehemiah ben Chachalia, but who's Rubavel? It's the same person as Rubavel. And Rashi quotes it from the Gemara Sanhedrin. Now, 
I mentioned in the advertisement that we are going to put a special focus on the Kaddish of Zerubbabel, the most famous Kaddish in, of all the people who have ever said Kaddish. Zerubbabel's Kaddish is the most famous. It's from a medrash called Oisius de Rabbi Akiva. And over there he says, Yeshloi Maf. And I know, I remember when I said Kaddish the first time after my father, I read many books on Kaddish, and all over is quoted the amazing Kaddish of Zerubbabel, the most famous Kaddish guy. There's a Mafteach, there's a key of Ganadin. Shenemar Pischuli Shari Tzedek. Open for me the gates of righteousness. So the Ganadin is the gates of righteousness. Yesh Loi Mafteach, there's a key. You need a special permission to get into Ganadin. Shel Gehenim. Yesh Loi Mafteach, Shel Gehenim. There's also a key. So there's a key that gets you to Ganadin. There's a key that gets to Gehenim. Shenemar Pischu Shaorim. The Yavoi Goit Sadik may the nation that Sadik come, Shoimer Emunim. Now it says Shoimer Emunim in the Pasuk in Yeshaya, but we don't read it Shoimer Emunim. We read it Shoimer Omenim. That Hashem guards every Omen that people say on a Kaddish. Bishvil Omen Shoinim Rishoim Mitoich Gehenim. The wicked people in Gehenim. Zerubbabel has a powerful voice, and he says Kaddish, and all the people in Gehenna hear his Kaddish, and they answer Amen on his Kaddish, so Zerubbabel saves the wicked Jewish people who are in Gehenna in hell, and he saves them from Gehenna with his Kaddish. How does this go? Hashem will be sitting in Gan and as we know that when you learn a shir, many people after learning, we say Kaddish even every day. We say Kaddish after Rabbi Yishmael, which is learning, or after Tona Devei Eliyahu, which is after Enkelikainu, which is some Agada learning, or we say Mishnayas after davening, and then we have the Mishnah of Hanani ben Akashia. So we always say after learning, followed by Agadita. So the whole Pamalia Shomayim will be standing there. Hashem and the sun and the moon and the stars. There on the right, the sun and the moon. All the stars on the left. Hashem will give a shear. The new depth of Torah, there are new deeper insights of Torah, which will be given through Mashiach. And everybody's listening to the shir. Then Hashem comes to Agadita, and they finish the shir. After a shir, somebody says, Kaddish. Who will say Kaddish after this shir? This Zerubbabel gets up on his feet, and he says, Zerubbabel says Kaddish. His voice is heard throughout the whole world. Zerubbabel has a powerful voice. Wherever you are in the world, you can hear him. Every inhabitant of planet of this world answers Amin. The wicked Jewish people. And Sadiqa Yom Yisraelim, the non-Jewish Sadiqim. There are those who are still in Gehenim. In other words, not every single Jew 
gets an opportunity to say Amen for his Kaddish. Righteous Goyim get an opportunity to say Amen on his Kaddish. And these wicked Jews and righteous Goyim say Amen. This Amen makes noise throughout the world. And Hashem hears all these Jews and Lahavdul Goyim answering Amen on Zerubbabel's Kaddish. And he's going to ask, What is this great noise that I heard from this Amen? Meshivin Malachi Asharis, the Malachim will answer, and they will say to Hashem, These are wicked Jewish people and Sadiqim of Umisalim of the nations. But there are some nations who have great merit and they still should have Ilam Haba, even though they had failings. So for their failings, they're in Gehenim. But because of their righteousness, they get a chance to say, Amen on this Kaddish. There are those people who are still in Gehenim. They still need some cleansing. So you got all these people in Gehenim for a variety of reasons. Jews in Gehenim, Lahavdul Goyim in Gehenim, righteous Goyim who have deserved to answer Amen. Miyad Hashem suddenly has great mercy on all these good people in Gehenim. And he says, What am I going to judge them more? We've judged these people for their failings. Enough judging. It's not their fault. These people have a Yetzirah. All the sins they have came from their Yetzirah, their evil inclination. Hashem takes the keys of Gehenim. Hashem gives it to Michal and Gavriel in front of all the tzaddikim. And Hashem says to them, Open up the gates of Gehenim. Bring all these people up from Gehenim. Shenemar, as it says, Pischu Sha'orim, open the gates, the gates of Gehenim. Viyavai Goit Sadik and the nation who's a Tzadik, Shaymer Emunim, those who guard Omin, those who answer Omin on the Kaddish, on the Kaddish of Zrubavil, this powerful Kaddish. Miyad Hilchim Michoel Vigavriel, the Malach Michoel and the Malach Gavriel go, Upaischin Arboim Alofim. Shari Gehenim. There are 40,000 gates of Gehenim where people can exit from any one of these gates. And all these good people are brought out of Gehenim. How do we get them out of Gehenim? Melamed teaches us, each Gehenim is Shlesh Meis and Lofim Parsois Arkai. Every Gehenim, its length is 300,000 Parsa. Parsa is about four kilometers. The Gimel Meis Halafim Rachbay and 302,000 is its width, the Oviyav and its thickness is Aleph Pars, a thousand Pars of Amka in its depth, Aleph Pars. Anyway, it's a big place, this Gehenim. The Chorasha Shanaifel generally, a Rasha that goes into Gehenim, a Niyachal Lalis Mitaycha can't get out. We generally have, for most people, for most, especially Jewish people, Rishay Yisrael, the maximum Gehenim is 12 months. 
and the average Russia is out of Ghanim within 12 months. But there are those people, the Rambam mentions 24 Avedis, which have an extended Gehenim, and those people are in Gehenim much longer, and normally those people can't get out of Gehenim. As the Rambam brings, they are Nidainim Lidaydei Daydis, they are judged for all generations. And that is until Zerubbabel comes with this amazing Kaddish. And Malach, Michael, and Gabriel have the job because all to schlep out all these people who answered Omi. What does the Malachim, Michal, and Gavriel do at that time? They grab each one of them, and they bring them up. Like a person who gives sustenance to his friend, gets him out, out of the pit with a rope, Get me out of this pit. And they stand the Gabriel, they wash all these people coming out again. They oil them. They get healed from all the wounds in Gehenim, which, by the way, in Hazina, we have a posse that first it says, Hashem causes people to die and brings them back to life. And then and then Hashem heals them. And it's brought in Svarim that one of the reasons that it's important that a person wake up with all the sicknesses with which he died, because otherwise you won't know it's the same person. That's why the person wakes up with all his illnesses, and then we heal them. Michal and Gabriel heal them and wash them and and they cure them from any wounds they got in Gehenim. They dress them. Nice, beautiful garments. And they grab their hands. And Michal and Gabriel bring them before Hashem. There's also the Tzadikim who are already in Gan Eden. We have them as they are all now respectable. And now we're talking about all these wicked who have now come from Gehenim. They're brought to Gan Eden looking good. They're cleaning them up nicely before they come. And they bring them now before Hashem and the Tzadikim, and they are now cleaned up, laundered well, they look respectable. Your Kayanim will dress salvation. Kayanecha is the Tzadikim who are Mechanin We have very righteous Goyim who in this world were dedicated to Hashem, like Antoninus Benasvidus. Antoninus was a Roman king who supported Rabbi Huda Anasi. There was an underground cave between his house and the house of Rabbi Huda Anasi, and he would learn with him. And the main thing is that this Antoninus gave a sack of gold every day to Rabbi Huda Anasi, and this enabled Rabbi Huda Anasi was able to write the Mishnah because he had unlimited finance. And the finance came from this guy, Antoninus, from this Goyish king, which just to mention, there is a Rashi in Parshas Toyodis. In Parshas Toyodis, there is a story over there that Rivka was pregnant, and by Yisroitzatzu, Habonim Bikirba, she was having a difficult pregnancy. And she said, why was I asking for to be pregnant? And she goes to Vatelet Lidrish Hashem. She went to consult Hashem. 
And it says, Hashem lo, Hashem tells Rivka, she has shnei goyim bevitne. But the word goyim is spelled in Chumash Gimel Yud Yud Mem, which is geyim, two wealthy people. Because from Yaakov and Esau will come two very wealthy people. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi will be a descendant of Yaakov, and Antoninus will be a descendant of Esau. And it says, Le Paska mi al Shulchanam, there was always radishes and romaine lettuce on the table of Rabbi Yehudah and Antoninus in the winter and the summer. The Farshim asked on this, so what Rivka's upset because she's having a hard time. She's upset because Rashi brings, she goes past a base of a house of idolatry and Esau is trying to get out. And she realized that she has a child who has tendencies towards idolatry. So shame tells her, don't worry. There's going to be two descendants from Yaakov and Esau who are going to be very wealthy and they're going to have radishes and romaine lettuce in the summer and the winter. How does that help Rivka? Rivka is a tzadikis, one of our mothers. Okay, you're going to have a descendants with radishes and lettuce. I always, that's what I always wanted. What's the big deal? So it's explained that the big deal is that from Esau will come a very wealthy man who will use his money to support Torah. The fact that we have a Mishnayis and a Gemara and all the learning that's done today is all thanks to Antoninus who supported Rabbi Yudhanasi. So that is the Koyhanecha or the Tzadike Yom the Goyesh Tzadikim who enable Jewish people to study Torah and do mitzvahs and Chasidecha, so the Pasuk is so the the beginning of the Pasuk, goes on the non-Jewish tzaddikim. The end of the Pasuk, is the wicked Jews who are called Hasidim. As it says, gather my Hasidim. And my Hasidim were talking about Jews that were wicked. All these people. Both the Goyim and the Yid who were, came from Gehenim, and they're now coming by Michal and Gavriel, and they come to the door of, Gehe, of Gan Eden. Nichnasim Gavriel Michal Tchila. Gavriel and Michal come in and they say, Hashem, can these people, they're coming, we're bringing them from Gehenim. They would like an entry pass to Gan Eden. Can they come in? They ask Hashem. May Shiva Kodesh Baruch Hashem answers and says, they will see my glory. All these people from Gehenim come into the Ganeiden and they fall on their face. They bow to Hashem. They bless and praise the name of Hashem. So when this happens, all these people who have now arrived from Gehenim and they are all praising Hashem because their amazing good comes out. We have those tzaddikim who have been in Ganeidin all these years. Because again, these people have just came from Gehenim. Those are the people who got more than a 12-month Gehenim sentence. The average Jew who dies is maximum 12 months in Gehenim, and they're long in Ganeidin. So you got all these tzaddikim who have been in Ganeidin hundreds and thousands of years. They're standing, sitting before Hashem. They thank Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, 
for bringing all these Jews and Goyim from Gehenim. Shenemar, as it says, Ach tzadikim yoidu mishmecha, the tzadikim will praise your name, yeshvu yeshorim esponecha. The yeshorim will sit with your face, which they will praise Hashem about the massive nation that all these tzadikim in Ganeidim will thank Hashem for bringing all these uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, I can't tell you the numbers of people in Gehenim who have now both Jews and Goyim who have come from Gehenim and joined those in Ganeidim. And all these tzadikim thank Hashem. One of the things that's amazing about this Madrish is that who says this Kaddish to get all these people out of Gehenim? It's Zrubovil, which I don't have the answer to this. My favorite thing that I always tell my students in class is the Gemara that says, tell your tongue to teach your tongue to say, I don't know. Why specifically Zrubovil? I don't know, I'm just speculating. But Zrubovil, I'm just, a speculation is, Zrubovil built the second base Hamikdash under very difficult circumstances. Shloimei HaMelech, who built the first base Hamikdash, was with great wealth and security. All the nations were acknowledging the greatness of the Jews. When Zrubovil built the second base Hamikdash, when Nehemiah fortified it, whether he's the same person or another person, as the Jews were building the Beis Hamikdash, people and the Antis were shooting at them. It was built under fire. We have discussed in the Tanya here many times that that which it says that Hashem brings Moshiach in the merit of Maasenu Vaavidosenu Bemeshus our actions and our Avoida. Actions are we did good things. Avoida is that we strained ourselves. We did was out of our comfort zone. We did things that were difficult. So Zrubavil built the base Hamikdash under very difficult conditions. Nehemiah fortified Yerushalayim under very difficult conditions. Nehemiah also spent all his money. He was a very wealthy man and he spent his money. He didn't take anything from anybody. And from his own pocket, he paid for everything to build up Eretz Yisrael, which is a tremendous Abayda, something that wasn't easy. And maybe perhaps it actually mentions concerning the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, that Rambam brings that the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael today is not the Kedusha of the parts that were captured through Yeshua and Dovah Amelech, but rather the parts that were captured by Zerubbabel and Yeshua Kayengodel and Ezra Nehemiah. Why? In the days of David HaMelech, things were done with a very, we even one were an amazing way. Yidin were winning in the days of Shlomi, everybody acknowledged the Jews. In the days of Yeshua, Kain Godel, and Zerubbabel, and Ezra, and Emya, it was, it was a very difficult time. The second base Hamikdash was built under fire. And nevertheless, that was Avedo, and maybe that is the greatness of Zerubbabel to do things and build Yiddishkeit and build everything under the toughest of all circumstances. I mentioned that one of my shiurim recently, but I'm gonna mention again, that there was a rabbi in Newark, New Jersey, which I come from, Rabbi Zev Siegel. I recently heard his Living Toyota video. He 
frequently visited Russia many times. He would always go to Yechidus to the Rebbe before and after every visit. And the Rebbe would give him different jobs to do. And one time he calls Rabbi Chadikov and he tells him, this job that the Rebbe gave me was very difficult. It seemed he had a lot of trouble from the KGB. And uh, the Rebbe tells him, when, when did you ever make a contract with Hashem that your Aveda is going to be simple? It's not meant to be easy. It's not easy. And as a teacher, I know the same thing, that um, sometimes you have difficulty with students. And there's a letter which the Rebbe writes to a teacher who was having difficulty. That where'd you get the idea that you got to find an easy Aveda? But it's not meant to be easy. You have to find the positive qualities of every student, and it's not meant to be easy. So Zrubavil built the Beisamikdash under difficult conditions, and perhaps that is why Zrubavil is the one chosen for this amazing Kaddish. But we are running late, and I want to go on a little bit with Zrub now. First through Babel, and then we'll get to Nehemia being whether they're the same or different. And it actually mentions when Kodesh, King Kodesh, gave the money for the Beis Hamikdash. Uh, first, it says Vayehi Doniel, Doniel, who was a great uh, interpreted many dreams and was an officer of the Bukhanetzer, was the officer till Shnas Achas Kodesh. And Mitzudas David brings that Doniel was Bigdul until the first year of Kodesh, and from then on he held himself back from royal work. And Doniel appointed Zerubbabel to take over. So Mitzudis David says that it was Doniel who appointed Zerubbabel. In Ezra, it says that when they first built the base of Mikdash, King Kodesh took out all the treasures that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Yerushalayim, and he put it into his church. And King Kodesh, the first Persian king, gave it through Metidras Hagizbar, the treasurer, and it was all counted out to Sheish Batsar Hanosi. Who is this Sheish Batsar? So Mitsudis David brings that Sheish Batsar. First, he brings two Pshatim. One is that it was given to Sheish Batsar, who's Rubavel, and that was his Persian name. Or Mitsudis David brings another Pshat, it was given to Doniel, who then transferred it to Sheish Batsar, to, to Zrubavel. Why? And Doniel is called Sheish Batsar. Why is Doniel called Sheish Batsar? Sheomad Bishesh Tsaris. He lived through six very difficult situations. Mitsudis David says that Doniel lived through six tzaras, but he doesn't say what they are. In the Yalkut Shimani, we have the details. He says in the Yalkut Shimani, the Medrash, Why is Doniel called by the name of Sheish Batzar? Again, that the money for the Beis Hamikdash was given to Doniel, who then gave it over to Zerubbabel. So he's called Sheish Batsar, Sheish Tzoros, Shebo Sheish Tzoros Biyama. Doniel lived through six tragedies. And the six tragedies are counted out in the al Number one, Sorosoy Bibir. Doniel was thrown into the lion's den by King Daryavash because he davened. Number two, Doniel had his colleagues, Hanani Mishol Vazaria, who refused to bow to the idol, and they were thrown into the furnace. Doniel, at that occasion, was not thrown into the furnace with them. Doniel, the day that they were expected to bow to the um, to bow to the Tselem, Doniel wasn't there. The Gemara in Sanhedrin brings where was Doniel? Doniel went to Alexandria to get pigs. Quite interesting that Doniel goes to get Chazedim. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin says that there were Shalish Ba'isa 
there were three who were in that plan that Doniel should not be present on the day that all the Jews were forced to bow to the idol, which were Hashem and Doniel and Nebuchadnezzar. Hashem didn't want Doniel to be there because otherwise people would say they were saved in Doniel's merit. Hashem wanted people to see that Hanani Mishal Vazaria would be saved in their own merit. Doniel himself didn't want to be there, which is why he took this mission to get pigs better than to be there, because he was afraid Hanani Mishal Vazaria would be saved and he would be burned. Why? Because Nebuchadnezzar had declared Doniel as a god and he bowed down to him and made carbonis for him. So Doniel was afraid. There's a posset that says, there's a mitzvah to burn idols. So he would be burned because he is an idol. Nebuchadnezzar himself didn't want Doniel to be there because he treated Doniel as his God. And he didn't want people to say he burned his God. So again, the six tzaras of Doniel, number one, when he was thrown into the lions by King Daryavosh, number two, when his three colleagues Hanani, Mishal, Vazari were thrown into the furnace. Number three, when Nebuchadnezzar needed to know, forgot his dream and his interpretation. And he said, if the wise men couldn't say his dream and interpretation, they would be killed right away. And Hanan, Doniel and his friends were taken out to be killed until Doniel said, that, tell me that if you tell me what the problem is, maybe I'll help you, which Doniel eventually told Nebuchadnezzar the dream and the interpretation and, and all the wise men were saved, but still, Doniel and his friends were on the way being taken to be killed. The Golas of Yechonia, which we're still going to learn about Yechonia, who was the father of Zerubbabel. The Golas of Yehoyakim. Yehoyakim was the father of Yechonia. And Golas of Tzitkia. Tzitkia was the last Jewish king who was a brother of Yehoyakim and an uncle of Yechonia. So they were, these three were exiled. So there were three, six major terrible things that happened in the days of um, Doniel. Now, we're going to deal with the truth of King Yehonia and the miraculous birth of Zerubbabel. There is an amazing Medrash Rabbah by Yikra Rabbah Yutesmov. We're running late, so we'll just go through it quickly. He brings over here that is a Pasuk in Parshas Mitzayra about Zova, Ziva. And he says, who fulfilled Mitzvah Ziva Yehonia? As I mentioned earlier, that Yehonia in Eretz Yisrael, he never kept family purity. And in the Babylonian prison cell, he and his wife did teshuva, and they knocked back a meeting between them, which was arranged through the queen. And we have here the whole introduction. When Nebuchadnezzar came to destroy Yerushalayim, he went to Antuchia, and the Sanhedrin came to meet him, and they asked him, is it time to destroy the Beisamikdash? And he says, no, King Yehoyakim has rebelled against me, hand him over. They came to Yehoyakim, and they said, Nebuchadnezzar wants you. So he asked him, is this the right way to do things? Do you push away one life for another? It says, don't turn, hand over a slave to the master. So they said, but your Zayda handed over, your Zayda David HaMelech handed over Sheva ben Bichri. Yahyakim refused to surrender, so they took him by force because they knew Yahyakim was guilty. And they led him down towards uh, Nebuchadnezzar, they handed him over. Had they hand him over, if nothing says they handed him over alive. Anyway, they handed him over alive, but he died in the in transition. What did Nebuchadnezzar do? He took him and took him through the various cities of Yehuda 
and he killed him and he ripped the donkey and he put his body in the donkey. And that's what it says. Kvuras you cover that he would be buried like you bury a donkey. And he would uh, cut the Hayakim, which soon going to see was a very evil man. It says, Kvuras you cover the Hamoir is buried in the stomach of the dog. And it says, Yes, sir, Yehoyakim, the Cholasher Asa. What it was Yehoyakim did. Number one, he was Lavush Kalayim. There's a concept of checking your garments for shotness. So we check our garments for shotness to make sure we don't wear shotness. Yehoyakim, would Dafka go? He wanted to buy suits only of shotness. The next thing is Shemoshak Mayarla. He tried to undo his wrist. The next thing is he had tattooed on his flesh. He tattooed things on his flesh. Rabbi Yechanan says he had marital relations with his mother, his daughter-in-law, his father's wife. And Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says he put Bironius. What are Bironius? He would kill husbands and rape their wives and then, then confiscate their money. And that's the Pasuk Vayeda Amunaysa. Anyway, so he was quite an evil guy, this Yoyo. When Nebuchadnezzar killed him, he took his son Yechonia and made him king. Came back to Babel, and the people said, what did they do? So he said, I what do you do? I, Yoyakim rebelled. I killed him. And I have his son, Yechonia. I made him king instead. So the people of Bubble said, there's a parable. People say, from a good, you won't get a good young dog from a bad dog. The child of the bad dog is going to be bad. So therefore, if his father was bad, Yechonia is going to be bad as well. So he listened. He went back up to Yerushalayim. The Sanhedrin came to meet him. And they asked him, are you going to destroy the Beisamikta? He says, no. I don't want Yehoiakim to be the king, Yehoiakim to be the king. So Yehoiakim took all the keys of the base. Hamikdash. He went to the roof and he said, we didn't merit to be your treasurers. From now on, I'm giving you back the keys. And like a hand came and took the keys, which this was the first step of Yehoiakim's tshuva. Nebuchadnezzar put him in prison. We said before he was in prison for 37 years. Whoever was imprisoned in the days of Nebuchadnezzar never got out. As it says, Asirov le'posach b'ayst. Yechonia went to jail with the Sanhedrin, to exile with the Sanhedrin until Hashem made Hataras Nadarim. At that time, the Sanhedrin sat and they said, What is the kingdom of Beis David is going to end? Let's go. They asked the, uh, the Gardellus, who is the, a good friend of the queen, and the Gardellus went to the queen, and the king queen arranged with the king that they let Yechonia's wife into the prison. And Yehuna says that her name, the Yehonia's wife, was Shmiram. Anyway, um, when Nebuchadnezzar wanted to have relations with his wife, she says that, you know, you want to have relations, and Yehonia also needs to let Yehonia have relations. So his wife, he agreed, and they let Yehonia into the prison cell. They had to open the, the ceiling to do it. When he wanted to be together with her, she saw a shishana aduma, a bit of blood like the color of a rose. He separated and she counted seven days. And Hashem says, in Yerushalayim, you never kept the mitzvah of ziva. And here you fulfill the mitzvah of ziva. And because of this, Hashem forgave him on all his sins. He says, and Abbasco comes and says, return naughty children. And Hashem forgave Yechonia and his son, Zerubbabel becomes the leader who built the second Beis HaMikdash. Now, since we're discussing Zerubbabel with Nehemiah, I want to just briefly go through at least the beginning of the Nehemiah story, 
since Rashi and the Gemara say it's the same person, Nehemia, it was in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Arsachshasta, and he's in Shushan Abira, and a Jew arrives from Eretz Yisrael, Hanoni, and he asks him what's happening with the Jews in Yerushalayim. And he says they're in very big trouble. The gates of Yerushalayim are burned. And I heard these words that Chemia says, and I mourned, I fasted, and I said, Hashem, please listen to the prayers of the people. Please help the Yidin. And uh, it was in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Arsachasta, and Nehemia was the wine mirror, and he was bringing the wine, and he normally didn't look bad, but now he looked really bad. That day he was looking very down, and the king sees him down, and the king thinks maybe you're probably rebellious, you want to hurt me. And Ashi says, It must be some evil in your heart. You're planning to poison me. The king, that's what the king read. And Nehemiah got very afraid of making a lila libel. And he said, your majesty should live forever. But why shouldn't I be down when I got such terrible news from Yerushalayim that the city where my fathers are buried, the city where my fathers live is in such a mess. And the king asked, what would you like? And he said, I would like you to send me back to Yerushalayim. And I daven to Hashem that the king should agree. Then the king spoke and the king had his female dog next to him. And he said, when, how long are you going to go? When are you going to come back? And I gave him a time. And um, the king allows Nehemiah to go. And he actually gives him authority that all the people, the government people in Yerushalayim should give Nehemiah everything he needs to fortify the city of Yerushalayim. Okay, we are, uh, there was a lot of opposition to Nehemiah in Yerushalayim. And uh, we, the, the story of Nehemiah goes on, all the opposition and all the fighting and how Nehemiah ended up strengthening the situation in Yerushalayim. Um, Nehemiah, he spent, as we mentioned, that he spent all his own money on doing this. Um, just to mention, uh, Nehemiah does, does not get his safer named after him because he said, Hashem, remember the good things I did. So the Gemara asked, what's so terrible? So Rabbi Yosef said, because Nehemiah said how he was better than the ones before him, because Nehemiah gave a lot of money, but he said the people before me took salaries. And Nehemiah never took a salary, but still, as great as that is for the fact that he spoke negative about his predecessors, uh, had a negative effect on Nehemiah. Um, okay, uh, just we'll leave it at this and just Nehemiah in the end build up the walls and fortifies the city. And that's why generally Ezra and Nehemiah, Ezra is the one who set up the Yidin Beruchnius and Nehemiah is the one who set up the Yidin Begashmius physically. Okay, I'm going to wish everybody Hatzlacha. I'm going to leave it at this. We're already over time.